from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. All right. Good morning. Happy Monday, and welcome to JP, Kathy, and the crew. Lots to discuss today. Um, NFL. Yeah, I'm still wearing my Cowboys cap. Um, uh, NFL, college football. My goodness. Uh, crazy, crazy few days. Um, I hope everybody had a great, wonderful, and blessed Thanksgiving. We'll be talking a little bit about Christmas and a little uh, James Bond. I finally saw the new James Bond movie, which is no longer new because it's been out for several weeks. And um, uh, JP will be leading us with sports at the top of the hour. But in the meantime, we have got Dr. Norm Clothier with us, who is our medical expert here at JP, Kathy, and the crew. And we're proud to have him. He is talking with us today about um, Omicron. So that's the, the buzz out there now. Um, it's interesting. I saw a lot more folks. And, and Dr. Clothier, I'm not sure if you've seen this out and about, um, more masks while I was out doing um, shopping for for ingredients and things I needed for Thanksgiving. So, first of all, welcome to the show, Dr. Norm Clothier. How are you, sir? Thank you. I'm doing well. I didn't see that video of you on the news. That's interesting. <laughs> you know but what? I, do, I always forget. You know, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of me every Monday morning. <laughs> well, the you know, the thing with Omicron is, uh, well, we'll talk about quite a bit more, but frankly, I think the bottom line, if this is all you hear, is that for now, be extra careful. Be, you know, in a mask, wash your hands, socially distance, get your vaccine, all those things that are now normal to us. Uh, just need probably more attention. I actually uh, noticed yesterday as I uh, was in a restaurant that I didn't see anybody in a mask. And I think, you know, we've all been frustrated by the thought of wearing a mask to the table, then you take it off to eat and whatever. But uh, it, those areas, are going to be areas of potential spread and calamity if we don't get more serious on our own. I don't think we should have to be told by anybody at this point to be careful. No entity should have to remind you to wear, to uh, you know, wash your hands or be careful about being around immunocompromised people and things like that. Well, and, and I really, it was interesting because I, I definitely, since... Um, since Omicron has been, um, has, you know, hit the news, I noticed that I usually go to the same grocery store about the same time. And I don't know if it's because other people were out shopping that typically don't get out and shop, or maybe they were shopping at a different time, or maybe because the, the stores were more crowded. But, um, Almost everybody. Now, I, I didn't have a mask on, but I noticed the majority of folks in the grocery store. Instead of it being like 50-50, which is usually what I see, or even 40-60 with people not wearing masks, at least where I go. And again, I go at a very, uh, usually very uncrowded time of the day. Um, but I would say probably 85-90% of the shoppers um, had masks on. So I know people are taking Omicron seriously, Is at least that, that was my scientific study. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, it felt like to me that stores have been more crowded, and that's probably a holiday deal. Yes. It might even be just a college is out, school is out, who knows. But um, we do, you know, I don't personally have any desire to go back to the phase where they were theoretically counting people going into the big box store and keeping track. And, you know, I never yeah. saw that the count yeah. were way inside. 
but it was really weird to me to have you know a taped off entrance area and exit and i i'm hoping we don't get back to that but here's the issue on uh the omicron deal is that you know it is a newly identified variant it actually only is uh like four days old now i mean it's right. amazing how it's just the news but that's because everybody's worried and for those of you who just don't like the cdc or the fda or american health guidance keep in mind this is an alert from the world health organization about the potential seriousness of this mutation and so to put it as simply as we can the spike proteins which you hear a lot about on the uh, sars-2 virus the COVID 19 virus uh, mutate from time to time and in fact there have been 12 identified mutations previously uh, with one or two spikes mutating the reason this one worries the world health organization so much is it appears that 10 spike proteins have mutated at one time so that would mean if you had a prior uh, infection let's just keep it simple let's say there are only 20 spike proteins which is not true it's far more but let's say there are only 20 and you have an infection with number one the concern we have of course is that you only have immunity if it lasts to the spike protein uh, with that number one variant or the COVID virus with that number one variant so if you have a mutation in two and it infects you, you know, you may have another genuine round of COVID. So the idea, the, the worry on this one is that if 10 spike proteins have mutated, nobody has had all 10 of those infections. And so, you know, that's why there's concern. It'll spread easily. It'll spread often among people even who have had the infection. The hope still is, of course, that the vaccine, because it limits the messenger RNA impact of how the virus can get into our cells through spike proteins um that it'll still cover for that but they, you know it was only formally identified four days ago so we don't know that yet okay right and the- well and it's and i i do think it's interesting that um it, it literally it's just a it, it boom all of a sudden it was um a big big discussion point <clears throat> and and then again maybe people are hypersensitive during a holiday time to pay more attention to something like this because you are out and about, you are around loved ones. Um, so it may be sure. a little combination of the two. Well, I'll tell you my theory okay. on that is that because we already had heard of an increase in cases toward winter and we know that people travel with the holiday, we always see long before COVID was talked about, we see an increase in infection with like influenza, strep, other viral illnesses, common colds after Thanksgiving because of all the travel that I think people are finally starting to get grasp of the fact that this is a serious viral infection. And I think that because we already have seen an uptick in cases over the past few days, once you heard about this new variant, you were already set to you know, ring the alarm bell and think, right. oh, yeah, you know, this is still among us and we better be careful. And that's the key. And we don't know, you know, what will happen. I remember reading on the Epsilon variant that it was likely to be, you know, more contagious and it proved not to be. The right. Delta variant are, has been the hardest one. Right. right. Uh, you know, and so we'll see. It, it may fizzle. If it does, that would be a wonderful thing. And 
you know, I might suggest it's almost like, you know, driving slower in a rainstorm is that you might not have a bad wreck if you are careful about that. But you know very well that a rainstorm is a higher risk of a wreck. So this is kind of like, you know, slowing down a little bit, trying to be careful to negotiate the new pattern and uh, see what happens with it. So unfortunately, in, you know, those few days, we've already seen that variant hit a number of countries. Uh, it's very likely in the U.S. It's also very likely that because there's less testing of people over the weekend, and I know that there are a lot of people that don't want to be tested for COVID because they don't want to be labeled as having COVID, but, you know, we need to get more testing so we have a better feel for what the risk is to the general population. So, and I and we'll I don't. See. I guess I don't understand that. And you, and you know, I've mentioned to you that, obviously, big concert. I'm a big concert goer, and so, um, you know, I've I've had to be tested. I, heck, my daughter when she and I went to a concert together um, not too long ago, and both had to be tested. Um, I don't I don't understand the resistance to testing. If it seems like if you're sa- that would be like the first thing I would want to get off my checklist. Okay. Is this COVID or not? It's, I, I think if I had any kind of symptoms that were flu-like at all, I would literally go down to, and there's a place in Allen. It's called Fast Stock. It's over off Central and McDermott. I'll give them a free plug because that's where I've gone for all of my testing. They, and especially if they know you're going to a concert or some, some venue where you have to get tested, they get you in and out very quickly. There's minimal, you know, interaction with anyone there. Um I guess I don't understand, and I've heard of that, just a resistance to even getting tested. I would want to know, because then I would think, okay, if this starts getting really bad, and again, then maybe it's because I've got asthma and high blood pressure. I would want to know, because I would I would want to start getting treated right away. Um, I, I don't, yeah, not, I, that doesn't you know, make sense to me, not, not wanting to know if you have it or you don't have it. Yeah, that it's a weird phenomenon, I agree. And it's not helpful for other people. You know, a whole lot of COVID management is be responsible toward other people. That's the idea of wearing the mask. Let me remind us one more time. The mask does not protect you as the wearer of the mask, but it can minimize the odds of you spreading the virus to somebody else if you don't know that you're carrying it at that time. It's all about protecting others. You get a test. Because you cannot have on your conscience going to that concert and infecting a bunch of people around you and being investigated as the super spreader at an event. Uh, but I can tell you from pre-COVID experience, I'll have people come in with every symptom of diabetes and they don't want to be tested because they just don't want to know. Or, and of course, you know, we talk them into it. Or they'll be like a smoker who's coughing up blood, and they'll say, well, I don't want to do a scan because I don't want to know if I have lung cancer. And, you know, it's it's weird how the human psyche is sometimes so much down the denial road that it's very difficult to speak sensibly about testing and responsibility toward other people. And, frankly, that's where I've found, you know, I have a an ongoing concern about the number of people who have been so vehemently anti-mask or so extremely anti-vaccine when it's all about reducing spread through the population. It's really about protecting our fellow people. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of it has been lost. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of that's been among, you know, conservative people who say, well, I don't want the government telling me what to do. Well, take your personal responsibility and do what's right. 
and then the government doesn't have to step in in any way. You know, it's really a, a challenge. And now we have the World Health Organization, which I don't think is trying to run American medical politics. But, uh, you know, they have put out this alert because it's a serious issue until proven otherwise. And the way we limit things like Ebola virus infection in the Western Hemisphere is to isolate, give precautions, stop travel entry without some degree of testing and monitoring. And, you know, all those things have been normal for a long time. And now we're dealing with it with COVID, and it's become very politicized. And I think that's unfortunate. It's an infection. Viruses don't care your poli- about your politics. and But they do. They will attack where they can. Viruses are opportunistic. And I think we need to take the opportunity to reduce that spread where we possibly can. And this is the most recent warning to be, you know, particularly careful because this could be an extremely serious uh, variant that, you know, I think we just have to put a, a reasonable, uh, you know, have the brakes for a while until we know more. Right. Well, and, and again, better safe than sorry. Um, and we've got Christmas coming up, and you know, I think you'll have even more travel uh, during the Christmas holidays. People are feeling better getting out and about. So, um, so be smart. You know, um, again, it's kind of just it's like flu season. Um, be smart about it, and that way, you know, and again, I, I agree with you. The government doesn't need to tell anybody what to do. I think we're all smart enough to handle our own situations, our own, uh, you know, medical health. I just, again, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the thing about people not getting tested because I've I've had a few friends, and, I've you know, I've said, well, are you, are you going to get tested? And they said, no, you know, I mean, if I get really sick, I will, but if it's just like a flu for a few days, I'll be okay. I, I guess the way my mind works, I, I would literally, even if, like, I would need the peace of mind if I didn't have it. First of all, that's, even when I go in and, I'm, yeah. and I don't have any symptoms and I'm just getting tested so I can go to a concert, I, I still, for some reason, when you get that piece of paper that says negative to a COVID test, it feels good. <laughs> I don't know why, that, but that's some psychological thing. But um, important to know you don't likely have a potentially fatal infection. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, it's funny. I, I feel I would want to know because I would, ha- first of all, I would want that reassurance if I didn't have it. And if they, they said, you know, hey, it's just the flu or it's just strep, you know, at this point that, hey, that sounds pretty good. Um, but, but I've had a couple of friends who've, who've had the, um, and, and, and on both sides of the aisle, which is interesting. And um, yeah. di- just, di- again, kind of that whole thing didn't want to know. And um I, my mind works. I would literally drive myself insane if I didn't know. So I, I guess I just can't. But then again, I would also want to know if I had diabetes or something else or if I had some other disease I was dealing with. Um, if if not, I always I'm one of those worst case scenario people in my head. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I run across patients who tell me their their dad's in the ICU for a month and maybe about to die and they and the same will be made like, oh, and they claim he has COVID. And I think, well, you know, <laughs> I think if you have positive tests and all the evidence is respiratory failure and, you know, you just got to face the reality that it is a real virus. It's really a mean virus. It's really a worldwide virus. It's not a U.S. politics virus. And I think, you know, that's where people just have to grow up about that, frankly, and be more real about the fact that the world is facing this 
challenging pandemic. And that's exactly what it is. A pandemic means, you know, found everywhere. And, you know, I know the uh, uh, there have been various differences in denial and various differences in maybe over-response in some countries. I think, um, you know, I think the, the overall balance of issues is that most countries have a generally similar infection rate and a generally similar, similar death rate. And part of that is, you know, we're not getting data from all countries. But, you know, the key is it doesn't pick and choose. It's not based on your religious affiliation, your political party, your education level. Uh, it's a bad virus. And, you know, we got to get very real about that. And we and we had a question come in from Ann, um, Ann Guzman. And, and now this is, um, I've got a little bit of experience with this. Um, she said, why aren't people testing for the antibodies? That is, I would 100, if I had had COVID, if I get COVID, I would go out to test for the antibodies to see if, you know, because I've got several, I've got um, folks who their antibodies are off the charts um, as from from having COVID. So that's, that, that is a good question. Why wouldn't you, and the majority of the people I know who've had COVID have gone out and gotten the antibody test and a couple of them are even... And which, what is it, Dr. Clothier, where if somebody else you know has COVID and you give them, do you give them your platelets or what, what is it? You can give them is, is that it? Yeah. And that's, that's been found to be helpful in some cases. Okay. Okay. So here's the and I'll tell you, the medical world's not real excited about antibody testing. And the reason is if you had COVID a year ago, you had a positive test, you had, you know, two weeks of symptoms, you recovered you'd be really pretty well expected to have, you know, proof that you had that infection because you knew you had that infection. The problem is that was before the Delta variant, before Omicron, before Epsilon, before Mu, uh, you know, and you probably have advised against only the original strain that you had the infection to. So there's no predicting future uh, success. You know, it's kind of like the classic line with financial investing that past results don't predict future success. You can prove that you have the infection you knew you had, but you don't know whether you have infection, uh, you have risk protection against the future mutations. Okay. So okay. So we, that's only, yeah. you're only going to be, the antibodies help you for the original, whatever strain you had. They, they confirm what you knew. Okay. You know, and it is that some people have dropped their antibody levels considerably at three months or six months or whatever, then, you know, it seems to not be a, a, a persistent immunity. And so for that, you would, of course, want to get a vaccine. The best protection is in the person with the prior infection and the vaccine because of those antibody levels. But again, it's only against the, the particular strain that you had. And so... That, that just doesn't protect or predict future protection is the problem. So, you know, I find people uh, are coming in saying, oh, you know, I had COVID, you know, however many months ago and had the positive test, everything. And we do the levels and sure, they're positive. But that doesn't mean they're not going to get the next strength, the next mutation. So I think it mostly just confirms what you know. And I, I think that there's just a, it, it, we have yet to be able to use an antibody test to predict protection. And there, that's where, you know, I'd love it if we could say, oh, you're protected against this mutation. 
patient. Don't go near somebody with that mutation because you don't have that protection because until proven otherwise, you've got to assume anybody could infect you because of the new mutations. And that's why we've got to still be careful. Gotcha. Well, all good information, um, you know, and, and again, take this information, do with it what you will. If you need to go see, um, if you need a doctor yourself, um, Dr. Clothier himself, um, obviously, Dr. Clothier, he is a doctor, but he's got a ton of partners as well. I, so it how, how yeah. do people get in touch with you? I, yeah. We're at 214-575-3422. Uh, I don't call myself much. Two one four five seven five three four two two. Our website is fhcatx.com, and we have a dozen-ish locations to serve you through the Metroplex, and have a lot of great partners. With there's a lot of uh, good opportunities there if you want to join into our practice and be served here. Right. Well, thank you so much. And again, just take care of your health, especially, you know, this is cold and flu season as well. So go, go in um, and then, you know, it start start your year off right. Get a get an annual physical. Go get your blood work up done. Make sure that you're as healthy as you can be and your immune system's as beefed up as possible. And Dr. Clothier and his partners and associates can do that for you. Thank you, Dr. Clothier, and have a blessed week. Thank you. Be careful. Thank you. All right, Dr. Norm Clothier uh, always um, always has uh, great advice for us, good information about tons of stuff. Um, I did, I, sh I should have mentioned <clears throat> while he was still on the air, um, you know, we talked about heart health. And so I was, I was watching, I'm like, okay, so I got a little bit of everything so I can at least have a taste of just about everything. But I thought twice about going back for rolls, gravy, all the, all the additional stuff, um, because he had talked about heart health on Monday. And then it's funny because when you talk about heart health on Monday and then Thursday, you're putting a ton of food on your plate. You're like, you know what? That, that stuff sticks, especially the older you get. Um, we're getting ready. Uh, JP's going to be on here um, uh, any minute, and he'll be talking college football. I wanted to go ahead and, um, while we're waiting for JP, wanted to wish my dad a belated happy birthday. I didn't I didn't get to um, wish him happy birthday since we weren't on the air, and we took a few days off last week. But happy birthday, Dad. I love you. Um, I just, It's so funny because so many folks um, have seen a picture. My dad and I, we went um, – we. We took him to see the James Bond movie, which I'm going to talk about next, um, on Friday. And so many people are like, there's no way your dad's 82. So you look great, Dad. I love you. And um, I'm so glad we got to spend not only Thanksgiving and then, oh, and then I need to give uh, my brother-in-law a 50th birthday shout-out, Jamie. We got to um, celebrate him and his 50th on Saturday. And then Friday we got to go see the James Bond movie. So let's um, – has anybody seen the new um, – uh, the new, the, the, well, new, I mean, it's been out for a few weeks or, and it was supposed to have been out two years ago. I mean, it's crazy because it was one of those that got delayed because of COVID. I am really glad they stuck to having it on the big screen. If you are a James Bond fan, and this is Daniel Craig's last movie as James Bond, go see it on the big screen. And it is over two and a half. It's, it's, it's over three hours long. I think it's a, at least three hours, but it literally flies. Um, oh gosh. Okay. I'm not going to say what happens just in case somebody's on the feed and they don't want, they don't want to hear, um, they, they don't want to know how it ends. Um, I, 
and my husband had already seen the movie twice. He saw it the Thursday before it opened, then he saw it like Friday or Saturday opening weekend because he wanted to make sure his ticket sale counted that first that first weekend. But um, we went on Friday. My dad loved it too. It was excellent, 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 excellent. Um, very, it, it really had that old James Bond movie feel. And I've always been a Sean Connery James Bond fan. He's always been my favorite James Bond. Um, not that I haven't loved the others and loved Daniel Craig, but um, this movie was so good. The music was phenomenal. It, it had little, little, you know, musical overtones of some of the other theme songs from the James Bond days or some of the symphony music they played, you know, in certain scenes. Um, it had... I'm a big fan of the James Bond villain having a lair. And this lair was greatness. It was such a bad guy lair. It was just awesome. Um, Maley, um, uh Remkin, is, is how, how do you say his name? I, I've got to figure it out because he's one of my favorite actors. He was the guy who played Freddie Mercury. Just a phenomenal actor. He is going to go down as one of my favorite James Bond villains. Um, and it was weird because he was just very understated. It was almost, he had that creepy factor of um, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs, just where he was very polite and very dignified, but he was just such a good bad guy, just such an evil bad guy. It was awesome. Um, and let me tell you, Daniel Craig was, and, and let me know when, when JP's on, because I know he's going to want to talk start talking sports. Um, you may want to ping him and make sure he got the link. But anyways, um, uh, um, Daniel Craig was so good in this movie. And how do I say this without giving anything away? Um, I texted one of my best girlfriends who she's a big old James Bond fan as well, but she's not as big of a Daniel Craig James Bond fan. And I sent her a text and said, okay, I'm taking you in the next week or so to see this movie. Um, you, you're going to think I've lost my mind when you read this text. But by the end of the movie, I think that Daniel Craig actually has taken Sean Connery's place as my favorite James Bond. And um, this is one of the best James Bond movies there are that, that's ever been. Um, it had everything. It had it had romance. It had the you know the campy lines. It had action. Um, suspense I mean like I said I think the movie was like three I, we, gosh we went in at like 11 20 and I don't think we left the movie theater till it was closer to three by the time we left the movie theater so it was a very long movie but it just it flew by oh I, I want to say so badly how it ends but I'm not going to and I'm, there's a twist in it that I don't want to say anything about because I don't want to ruin it for anybody but I was I, I was literally blown away by what a great movie it was what a great portrayal Daniel Craig had in this movie <clears throat> and it's one of those that you um you know it's a good movie when people stick around to see if anything happens after the credits and there is something that comes on the screen at the very end um some verbiage that you'll want to see at the very end of the movie so I I suggest staying through the credits but it was Wonderful. I, I don't know if any of the crew has seen it. Um, you know, 
I just I don't know if anybody has has seen. Um, Carly, you saw Queen in concert. Lucky, that's that's one of those bands with Freddie Mercury. I never got to see Queen live, and I oh I'd I'd love to go back in time and see that. But anyways, um, it was great. Daniel Craig was great. The story's great. Even and you know this is something I was mentioning to a couple of folks on Saturday night. Even if you're not a James Bond fan. This is just a good standalone movie. Um, you don't have to know a whole lot about the character. Of course, if you do and you've watched and seen all of the movies multiple times like I have, then you'll notice little nods to past movies, um, to other James Bond movies. But um, goodness gracious, I cannot recommend this movie highly enough. And I... Uh, and like I said, my girlfriend's like, you've lost your mind. She's like, how much wine have you had this evening? And I said, no, I have had nothing. It is just that good of a movie and that good of a portrayal. So she is going to go see it with me so she can determine if he's better than Sean Connery. But, but I think after this movie, I sat in the movie theater and I looked at my dad and I said, you know what? I think Daniel Craig just became my favorite James Bond. I think he just took Sean Connery. He may have just edged Sean Connery out just just a wee bit. So, um, anyways, um, we're going to be talking some football with JP. Uh, I, 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 well, he said he's log he's logging in, so he should be he should be on here any minute. Yes, I've got my Dallas Cowboys uh, ball cap on because I'm diehard, and now I'm sitting here wondering because I haven't worn my socks in a while. Um, Maybe I should put my socks back on. Um, golly, I know we're still ahead in our um, division. But if any of these teams coming up that we're playing has our number when it comes to the uh, to the Cowboys, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here just, like, putting my head on my hand just because I'm just um, doggone it. I Man, Thursday was Thursday was rough to watch. Thursday was really rough to watch. So, um, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Are you still pulling for them? Is this still possibly our year? Um, I goodness gracious, I certainly hope so. Um, I'm I'm going to be anxious to hear what uh, JP says because he and I haven't even talked since um, the game Thursday. We we usually go back and forth about the Cowboy game, but um, we haven't. And also, we'll get an update from Stan. He is it, I do believe strong enough for surgery. So he's going to be having um, uh, surgery, hopefully coming up here pretty soon. But um, he's got a really good physical therapist at the rehabilitation center that he's at, and that's um, that's that's good as well. So JP can give us an update on his dad. And Brett, does he um, do we have him in the waiting room yet? Let's I'm going to ping him. Um, uh, let's see, because I know he wants to talk college football, and I don't want, I do not want to steal any of his thunder when it comes to college football. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, are you still pulling for the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yay, Carla. Thank you. Carla's like, yes, go Cowboys. Um, yeah, I am still pulling for him, hoping we can um, really just get it together. It, um, just get it together because we just, it's, it's, we were, we seemed a few weeks ago, we seemed so hungry for a win. And I think I hear J, JP now. Uh, JP has just been um, finishing up. I, I haven't covered any college ball because I know there's a lot of craziness there. We was just talk, kind of talking about the Cowboys, wondering if anybody's still pulling for them because that's kind of been a rough team. That's been a rough team, rough team to watch. Did you see Thursday's game? 
Yeah, um, there's a lot going on in the NFL. I think there's a lot of parity going on. I think once we get our left tackle back or we find one, I think we're going to be fine. We just got to be able to protect that. Yes, and yes. So I think once that element falls back in, you know, it's like everything else. When Troy Aikman had his Super Bowl running teams, I mean, he had his offensive line set. I mean, you got Leon Lett. You had Stepnowski. Yeah. You had, uh, what's his name, uh, Nate Newton. You had, you know. You oh, had, Nate uh, Newton. I haven't thought about him in a long time. Well, that's my point, though. My point is that he always had that line set. Yep. And so we give the Cowboys a hard time. Well, where's your backup? Da, 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 da. Yeah, you know what? That's why they're a backup. They're not as good as the starter. And so if they were as good as the starter, they'd find a place for him on the offensive line. I just think everybody needs to relax, pull your jets. You know, we're two games up still in the division. And uh, we're more than likely going to make the playoffs. And then we'll see what happens when they hit playoff ball. So... Defense has got to tighten up a little bit. I think some of the calls were squirrely on Thursday. Um, I think they're a little college-ish like on some of the penalties that we got. But, uh, you know, there was more yellow on the turf than green yeah. on uh, Thursday for the Cowboys. Yep, so, yep. They got some things they got to tighten up. I agree, I agree. Well, so do you want to talk a little college football? There was a lot of fun that was had over the weekend with college games. Well, I know that Michael has got to be painting his face green right now. <laughs> green and yellow. You got you yeah. got sick of bears. Literally everywhere he goes, he's decked out in Baylor bears from head to toe. <laughs> yeah, I would be absolutely just surprised if uh, he doesn't have a Baylor flag flying out in front of the house <laughs> by midweek. We have a Baylor gnome, uh, <laughs> a garden gnome. <laughs> You know, I, he'll just be green from head to toe. There's no doubt about it. Uh, oh. And a good reason for it, because the Baylor Bears, as a result of the Oklahoma State University Cowboys, um, are now in the Big 12 championship to face OSU. Uh, you know, interesting game. And we'll start with Oklahoma, the OU-OSU game. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think o o Oklahoma was really ever going to win that football game. Yeah, it was a close game. But if you were to watch that game, it really wasn't all that close. Let's break it down quarter by quarter point-wise. The Oklahoma State Cowboys come out quick, score 14 points in the first quarter. They allow seven. In the second quarter, the uh, Sooners try to fight back, and they score 17, but they allow 10 when uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys got up the ball on offense in the second quarter. In the third quarter, uh, OU scores nine points. They keep a goose egg on the board for OSU. But then OSU pays them the favor back and scores 13, and their defense held OU to no points in the fourth quarter. When you watch that football game, um, it almost looked like a Texas team playing Oklahoma where they just lost it in the fourth quarter, and they had nothing going on. And so OU goes to 10-2. and two, OSU goes to 11-1. and one. What's interesting is, is it doesn't push OSU into the top four. Uh, which could be interesting. So the Big 12 championship is going to be a big game to see if they can get themselves into a playoff spot for the national championship. I'm disappointed that OSU doesn't break into the top four. I think the SEC by name alone, which is why you've got some Big 12 schools saying, bye-bye, <laughs> because they want to be able to have that SEC title or SEC uh, logo next to them so they get – into the top four just because they're in the SEC. And I'll cover more of that here in just a minute with Alabama, which, again, I don't think the SEC, other than Georgia, 
hasn't gone on as much as everybody thinks they do. All right, so let's go to the uh, Big 12 championship game. you got the Baylor Bears in a playoff with OSU. I think OSU has the edge on this. No offense, Michael. Um, if I were to make a pick, I'm going to take OSU over Baylor by six. And so I know that doesn't make the Baylor Bear fans all excited. I was going to say, everybody everybody bleeding green and yellow right now just went, oh, oh wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I just, I tell you, OSU's offense and defense both play very well. I think that Baylor um, isn't as strong on either side of the ball. But I do think that Baylor's special teams could make up the difference. Uh, and so we'll have to see. I mean, the Cowboys almost won their game on Sunday as a result of special teams. Yes. So maybe Baylor's got a little something in the in the juicer there where they can get something out of their special teams and put points on the board that way. That would be helpful. But OSU is going to be one tough dude. It should be a great Big 12 championship game. Of course, I wish my Longhorns were there. But huh, we can't <laughs> seem to play a couple games together. So. But you're not a ma- yeah, you're not a magician. You're not a magician. <laughs> mm, I'm not. All right, number twenty-five, Kentucky handles Louisville, fifty-two to twenty-one. Number twenty-two, Clemson. Clemson does get back into the top twenty-five. They blank South Carolina, thirty to nothing. Um, Pittsburgh, ranked number seventeen, beats Syracuse, thirty-one to fourteen. And here you go, Kathy. No Dame. <laughs> Jesus's team. There Even though, go. like Ranked I said, Michael Michael's saying Baylor's Jesus' team this year. <laughs> well, that's what you were expecting. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, Notre Dame, uh, ranked number six in the country. They beat Stanford 45-14, no shock there. Pittsburgh, number seven, I already talked about that one. Texas A&M, you know, I don't understand. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Uh, Texas A&M is ranked number 24th in the country. They lose to LSU, 27-24 to in LSU, but I just shake my head. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. You beat Alabama, and then you lose to LSU. Go figure. So A&M, uh, back in the loss column, more than likely will make a bowl game uh, without much of a problem, but just wish they could have won that game there at LSU. Penn State loses to number 11, Michigan State, 30-27. to Number 20, Louisiana beats Louisiana Monroe, 21-16. I don't know that Louisiana really has earned their number 20 ranking. Oregon beats Oregon State, 38-29. They're ranked number 10. And then number four, Alabama. And I disagree with this. Alabama beats Auburn in Auburn, 24-22. Still can't believe that. I was sending Cindy Johnson, my uh, yeah. friend from a long <laughs> yes, time, yes. messages before the game, during the game. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm yelling War Eagle because I just cannot stand roll tie. And uh, Alabama wins that game and they stay in the top four, which I disagree with. Auburn's a 500 team, Auburn not ranked, and, and Alabama just barely able to pull off the victory. And there should have been points taken away for Alabama not being able to sizably win that football game. And it just didn't happen. And so I think OSU got robbed. I think OSU should be ranked number four in the country, not number five in the country. And honestly, I think Alabama drops to number 10 in the country. I think Baylor should be ranked higher than number nine. I think that Baylor, on a good day, could beat Alabama. Alabama is not good in defending the run. I think Auburn put on 300 yards on the run game, if I'm not mistaken, or pretty close to it against Alabama. And so 
I don't see them being a national championship team. Um, I'm disappointed that the pollsters did not place uh, OSU in the top four. That's my beef on that. Number one, yeah, Georgia I don't, took on and, Georgia. And let me ask you real quick. I don't get – how does that work? Because I never have – and most folks, you don't usually ever have the same. How, how do they rank those? How do they come up with those rankings? Because it never seems to be, well, you know, in conjunction with anybody else who follows college ball. You have multiple. You have multiple. Well, I, I don't know if they do the AP poll anymore. But they have the coaches poll. They do. They have the AP top 25. What's that one, Dr. Nick? Yeah, AP top twenty-five. Okay, we got Doctor Nick here. Doctor Nick did college football, but SMU. The rankings really are just a mesh of numbers that they've come up with on based on schedule, based on points scored. That's pretty much it, right, Doctor Nick? Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, the coaches do the rankings. Um, again, I don't have Alabama in my top five. I put OSU there. Yeah. I think the rankings are full of crap, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Oh, well. There you go. So, number one, Georgia takes on Georgia Tech. That's an in-home rivalry there. Not much of a rivalry if Georgia wins 45 to nothing. Wake Forest puts a beating on Boston College, 41 to 10. Number 16, Houston beats Connecticut, 45-17. Baylor just slips by Texas Tech, 27-24. A win is a win when it comes to being ranked number nine in the country, but not number four. Yeah, I'm going to keep hammering Alabama. Number 21, NC State, beats uh, North Carolina 34-30. Number two, Michigan. Here is the game of the week. Wow. So, Ohio State trounces into Ann Arbor thinking that they're going to walk away again. Keep in mind that Ohio State has beat Michigan State the last 14 of 15 times they've faced each other. You don't count last year because the game didn't happen due to the pandemic. Um, so Michigan is going into this game as the underdog. The over and under, I think, was like 23 or 24 points. Either of you remember, Don or Charles, what the over and under was on Ohio State? But it was, Michigan was not getting favor. And <clears throat> Michigan comes out with a 42-27 victory. I watched that football game. It was snowing sheets of snow. Wow. During that game. Um, just a great football game. Another team that can't handle the run. Um, Ohio State got ran all over. So Michigan goes to number two in the country, which I do agree with. And Ohio State flips to number seven. To be honest with you, I think Ohio State should have put further than that. But I'm not one of the coaches. So there you go. Um, number 14, Utah beats up on Colorado 28-13. Arkansas gets a win. Um, I can tell you that all the hogs out there are super excited. Um, they're going to make a bowl game. They have eight wins. Um, I think some of the comments I saw were that this was the uh, th- these were more victories this year than they've had in the last three years combined. Interesting. And so, yeah, so Arkansas beats Missouri 34-17. Number 15, Iowa beats Nebraska 28-21. You know, watch out for Nebraska next year. I don't know if anybody's been watching Nebraska play this year, but they are simply one play away from being undefeated. They've not been blown out by anybody, and they've hung around with all the top-ranked teams. 
And so I like Nebraska for next year. So watch them carefully. So uh, number three, Cincinnati. Is it, isn't, ahead, Sharon, isn't Sharon Inman, uh, our, our dear friend Sharon, who did our logos, isn't that where her daughter goes? Or is she, for some reason, is she a Nebraska fan? Well, she's a Nebraska fan. They're from Nebraska. Her daughter goes to OSU. Okay, okay, but they're that's why they're because I always I always see her posting about Nebraska for some reason. Yeah. Okay, so they're from Nebraska. Nebraska. Family. Gotcha. Stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, number three, Cincinnati beats up on East Carolina, thirty-five to thirteen, to establish their position in the playoff run. Um, San Diego State, ranked number nineteen, they win twenty-seven sixteen against Boise State, and then number eight, Mississippi. Beats up on Mississippi State, thirty-one to twenty-one. So that kind of rounds out your top twenty-five. But I'm going to tell you, Kathy. Oh, BYU. Sorry, here BYU found for Gale, uh, ranked number twelve in the country. They beat USD thirty-five to thirty-one. So um, coming up, the big game. What to watch out for? You've got Baylor Saturday, December the fourth at eleven a.m. in the Big Twelve Championship. Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Uh, depending on what happens with Alabama, which I think Alabama is going to lose, they play Georgia, do they not, this next week? Yeah, good luck there. Yeah, number one versus number four. Um, I mean, I hope Georgia just clobbers the snobber gobbles out of them. I mean to tell you. Um, and I'm going to predict Georgia wins that game by 20 points. I don't think Alabama can hang. Um, Houston plays Cincinnati for their championship. Um, Houston, good luck. Enjoy that number 16 ranking because that's where you're going to stay. Uh, Appalachian State and Louisiana. Now, this should be an interesting football game. This is for their conference championship. Appalachian State's only lost two games this year, and their defense is way shored up with two defensive ends that do not allow anything to get on the outside. And so, um, somebody tried to call me. Sorry about that, Kat. So, <laughs> With that being said, um, I'm going to take Appalachian State over number 20, Louisiana, in that football game. San Diego State plays Utah State in their conference championship. Flip a coin on that one. Um, Oregon and Utah. I look for Utah to lose this game. Uh, I think Oregon's got a little bit to come back on after getting beat pretty badly by Utah. I think they'll be prepared this time and not look past them. And I think that they will just smoke Utah. Um, other big game to watch. This is going to hurt Michigan if they're not careful. This is going to be the Big Ten. Uh, number two, Michigan plays number 15, Iowa, Saturday at 7 p.m. This is a good night game to watch. If Michigan does not win this game, they will be knocked out of the playoff picture, and the Big Ten will not have a seat at the table. <coughs> Pardon me. Michigan finally gives them a chance to have a seat at the table. And so this is a huge game against Iowa. I'm going to take Michigan on this. Um, I'm hoping that they don't let down after a big win against Ohio State and uh, and say that Michigan stays in the playoff picture. So those are your big games coming up this week. The one I'm going to be watching uh, from start to finish is going to be that Big 12 championship between Baylor and Oklahoma State. Oh, I, I think so all eyes are, are – or looking at that one, I, I think even if you're not a fan of either one, if you're a fan of college ball, that's the game to watch. So here's my question. What's Michael making? So I'm coming over. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, queso. Look, queso. <laughs> no, I don't. Chips, dips, queso. I don't know. 
we need those little wieners. Oh, we, we can do those. We, we can do those. We've yeah, got a crock we pot. <laughs> yeah, we need little wieners and, and queso. And I'm coming to your house. I love, um, it. I love it. All right. So that's what's trending with uh, college football. Um, again, big game Saturday, 11 o'clock. I would recommend watching that Big 12 championship. That's going to be a seesaw back and forth. I hope Baylor wins. I'm afraid OSU is going to be too much for them. It's it's so, going to be it'll, it'll be I think it'll be a good game. I, any way you look at it, it's going to be competitive. So um, exciting college football, exciting college football. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the NFL. We've already talked about the Cowboys. Yep. Um, do you give up on the Cowboys? You don't give up on them. I think they went out their season. Interestingly enough, I don't think the Cowboys lose another game. Um, you, know, you, you think that you think they're going to have their you think they're going to have their game on because I feel like it's just like we've been kind of off the last few weeks and again yes I, I the injuries you can't deny that but it's almost like every team is bringing their best and bringing their A game and they're hungry to beat us. Do you think we've got that edge still? I think we do. Okay. We have Amari Cooper back. I think there were a lot of passes dropped, um, potential touchdown passes dropped. Um, you know, it's funny people were. The broadcasters were talking about, I can't remember who it was that was kept on dropping football that should have been caught by Dak. Um, but it's like there's a reason why that guy's a backup. Yep. I mean, there's a reason. You know, yep. that's why Amari Cooper's the starter. Yep. That's why Amari Cooper makes, you know, six figures, seven figures. Seven figures, not six. Seven figures. Yeah, lots um, and lots. He's, he's a starter. But that shows you the level of talent yep. that's out there on the field. And so... Um, I do believe the Cowboys bounce back. I don't believe this is an issue. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. My teams are the Steelers and the Bears. Yep. And um, and so, but I do think the Cowboys do well. I think they finish out. I think they're in a, a playoff spot, and I think they're going to be fine. So, but I think everybody just needs to relax and cool their jets. Oh, did I say the That's, Jets? Sorry. Pun intended. No. They did win this week. Um, the Bears do pick up a victory against the Lions, 16-14. Uh, uh, Nothing fabulous there. Um, the Bills, they handled the Saints like I thought they would. Josh Allen came out, had a big game. They win that game 31-6. to The Steelers, oh, my Steelers, they get smoked by Cincinnati, 41-10. to It wasn't even close. Now, here's the fun part. You ready for this, Kathy? I should have been betting in Vegas. The Why is that? And the well, the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. I took the Giants at home to beat the Eagles, even though the Eagles were trying to make a run at the Cowboys, and they couldn't do it. The Giants win 13-7. to I mean, the NFC East is absolutely a parody of pitiful. I mean, it is just horrible in the East again. Um, although the Eagles won a playoff game last year, and they didn't have a, a 500 record, so that was interesting, but not this year. So the Giants win that football game. Uh, the Dolphins smacked the Panthers 33-10. Didn't see that coming. I thought the Panthers were going to win that football game. And then here's the team that's really sliding. And I really think, I'll be honest with you, I thought I'd see the Titans at least in the divisional championship. And the Patriots just beat the living Titan out of them 36-13. to So surprised by that. Thought the Jaguars would win at home. They lose 21 to 14. And then the Jets, the hapless Jets, beat the hapless Texans 21 to 14. I did pick this game. Again, I should have went to Vegas. Um, I picked the Buccaneers beating the Colts at home 
38-31. You know, the Colts have come on pretty strong here of late, and the Buccaneers had their hands full. So, but the Buccaneers pull out a victory there. The Chargers and the Broncos, that was a big AFC game because there's a ton of playoff spots wide open. Of course, Don Nelson sitting next to me, and he's a huge Broncos fan, <laughs> and they go on to win 28. Yeah, he put his arms up like a touchdown. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Broncos, <laughs> yeah, he was. Broncos win 28-13, um, and again, it gives them an upper spot. So the Broncos start off in the toilet after they come out. They come out of the gate big. Then they lose a bunch of games. Then they beat the Cowboys, and now they've turned their luck back around, and it looks like they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, playoff team. So they beat the Chargers 28-13. 49ers beat the Vikings 34-26. Uh, the Rams lose to the Packers. I picked that one. The Packers were at home. 36-28, and then the Ravens beat the Browns for the Battle of the AFC Central, 16-10. Uh, to 10. Tonight's game, Seattle versus Washington. I won't be watching it because... <laughs> Just no. Because they both... They <laughs> both kind of, yeah, I was going to say, not, doesn't seem like it's going to be exciting football. Yeah, I mean, Monday night tonight is hapless. I mean, I... Like, I can easily skip Monday Night Football and just hang out with my dad and watch another Christmas movie. Oh, and, and also, so there, I told we everybody we would have a, an update on your dad. Is he having surgery this week? Uh, we hope. Okay. Um, we're kind of hoping that they can go in and they will remove the infections that he's got, the two big boils. Yep. Um, it's really causing him to not properly rehab. So we meet with the surgeon at 3 o'clock. Okay. on Tuesday. Okay, well, we'll we'll be praying specifically that the surgeries can, that he's strong enough for surgery so we can take care of both infections. Um, yeah, and I told the crew that he's got a great physical therapist, which is really good news, but then again, like you said, to go back to his, his level of, you know, activity and good health, you've got to have those surgeries. Right, and he does, and so we, because he can come back. I mean, he was super sharp. Uh, one of them burst the other day, and I mean, it's just like he woke up because the infections aren't fighting themselves. Wow. But uh, his mind is good. It's just good. he's full of malaise because he, his body's fighting. Yeah. So, now, Kathy, we can't go off the air without talking about college wrestling. Oh, yeah, because college wrestling's actually, college yeah, wrestling, that's, that's kind of been um, all the rave lately. It is. And I'll tell you, right now, you are not going to be disappointed. The... Uh, Number one, number one ranking goes to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay. Uh, number two is Penn State. Again, not surprised there. Um, Missouri is the number three wrestling team in the country. Little shock huh. there. Um, right. Good for Michigan them. ranked number four. No surprise there. Always strong. Always strong. Right now. Yeah, always strong. But disappointed right now, Oklahoma State is still ranked number five. And hmm. so – we got to get Oklahoma State is ranked number two or three. They're one of the top wrestling teams in the country. We need to get them back up there, number two or three. Just close out your top ten. NC State ranked number six. Arizona State number seven. Ohio State number eight. Nebraska number nine. And again, surprisingly, Virginia Tech is ranked number ten instead of Iowa State or Northern Iowa being ranked in the top ten. So there you go. That closes out your top ten for college wrestling. All right, good times. Now, of course, I had to look up real simple best Christmas gifts for 2021. And, and order them now. Order your Christmas gifts now. Boy, howdy. Um, 
Mine yeah, blank shelves, man. Yours are all done. I've got two. All I've done. got two to order on Friday, and then 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 I'm I'm done for the most part. Yeah, I am done. Everything has been shipped. I am finished. Woohoo! So, but top twenty-five gifts um, for the holidays, and if you know, everybody's got a different list. Uh, there's a bunch of lists out there this year, but some of the gifts that are out there um, that you may want to look at, and it's interesting how these lists are coming about. A lot of them are referring to Etsy. Interesting. Huh. Isn't that something? So Etsy may be one of those things that you want to kind of go out and look at. They've got great and ideas and cool. I mean, they've got some very unique things on Etsy. I, I've always liked Etsy. Yeah, even my daughter has an Etsy page. I love does, it, Katerina. Yeah, she does customized tucks. Yep. Those uh, cooling or They're fancy. Cups. They're fancy. Yeah. Yeah, and so definitely be looking for our holiday um, special when we when Kathy and I reveal our top gifts. But, uh, yeah, real simple is a good place to go. Etsy is a good place to go as well if you are looking for holiday gift ideas still. Some of them that you can do handmade, and it may be easier than trying to buy with everything being backed up. So, there you go. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, lots, lots going on this week. We've got um, uh, Congressman Taylor will be giving us an update on some deadlines and some uh, key votes that are supposed to happen. I, I, I don't, I don't even know how you navigate the swamp in D.C. right now. I can't wait for November of 2022. Um, and then we've got um, Angela Paxton will be on talking about the possibility of a, another another special session here in the state of Texas. She is um, she has requested one as well. She's on, on the bandwagon for having another um, special ses- session just to deal with medical mandates that are coming through. And um, oh, and then Faye, our dear, our dear friend Faye Curtis, and um, you know, not only finished the the race, um, and uh, her and her team did very well. I'm going to let her tell tell us how much money she raised. I talked to her a few days ago and was just blown away. Her um, specific team for the three day walk for breast cancer ended up in San Diego winning an award. So she's got lots of good updates, and I think she'll be with us in studio on Friday. There we go. Yeah, That's good stuff. stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, it is time to say adieu. To bid adieu, Kathy. Well, hello. Everybody have a lovely, wonderful week. You guys have fun. I see you've got your judge robe on, so I know y'all are getting ready for tribunals. Tell Dr. Nix we said hello. And um, everybody have hello, a great Dr. day. Nix. Hello, Dr. Nix. Hello. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a blessed one. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care.